There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to this Friday edition of the podcast. Welcome all of our homeschoolers, all of our chapel students that listen, as well as each and every one of you. A good morning to our commuters. How we thank the Lord for each of you that listen. Uh, we've been away and unable to record for the last week or so. We appreciate Brother Maury and then Brother Askwith preaching, filling in for us those fine messages. We thank the Lord for that. And I believe they're a help to people. I believe we've had some folks uh, that have received from help from the Lord for those messages, and we appreciate that. And let me just say this. We've been very busy this week. Uh, we have attended the bedside of my stepfather, who has since passed away. And so we've been very busy running back and forth to Hagerstown and trying to manage a family and trying to make sure that our family doesn't fall apart in the meantime. But Bill McEwen was my stepfather, and he's with the Lord now, and how we thank the Lord for his life, thank the Lord for uh, what he meant to us and to my children, to our family. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit today on the podcast. We're going to address this issue of death, uh, but I also want to thank the Lord for my mom. And uh, my mom has taken care of him now for the last uh, 20 years at least. And uh, they've been married almost 30 years until he passed. And, and so for the last 20 years, care of him, and he has had uh, many, many problems. And uh, the Lord has certainly worked in their family, in their life, in their home. And uh, God has taken care of my mother through all of this. And now at the end of his life, she was there with him for 10 straight days without food, without water. Uh, he, he was there on the bed lingering. And uh, finally, the Lord took him about a quarter till eight on Tuesday. And how we thank the Lord for that. We thank the Lord for his life. And Bill had a testimony. And Lord willing, today I'll be preaching his funeral. And I'll uh, be preaching a memorial service, rather, at the Hagerstown Church of the Nazarene at 11 o'clock. So pray for us if you're up before that and get this podcast before then. Uh, but pray that God would have his will in his way. I'll be doing a memorial service for him and honoring his life. And uh, he had a very difficult end to life. It was very tedious and very uh, stressful, I know, on my family. And yet God has taken him, and he is now with the Lord. And we thank the Lord for that. His body is with the state of Maryland. He has donated himself to science and for the study of the human body. And so there will not be an open casket. There will not be a casket at all. Uh, but the memory of my stepdad, Bill, will be with us and how we rejoice in the testimony he had of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll talk about that, Lord willing, at the funeral. But today I want to talk to each of us. And going through these last 10 days uh, with him and with my mom and family, it's just that great reminder of Scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And what a tremendous passage for us. And it's interesting he says this because he says a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death and the day of one's birth. Now, that's hard to understand. I quoted that to some family the other day, and uh, one of my family members said to me, he said, well, what about for the wicked? 
And I said, well, that's not what he's, the preacher's talking about here. For the wicked, it's a horrible day. For the wicked, it's a terrible day. Had they turned to Jesus Christ by faith, it'd be a glorious day. It'd be a wonderful day. Be in the presence of the angels. Be with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I realize there's those that preach soul sleep. There have been to still preach paradise. That came out of the 1960s and some of the era of the independent Baptists that preached that men would still go to paradise awaiting a resurrection. But the only thing today that awaits a resurrection is the body. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the Apostle Paul said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And they take those verses to mean soul sleep, but no, it's the rest of the body. And that body lies in the ground. That body is awaiting a resurrection, but that person is with the Lord. Their soul is with the Lord. Uh, their spirit is with the Lord. And they're just awaiting the resurrection of that body, waiting to meet the Lord and how we rejoice and thank God. That's why the dead in Christ rise first. That body's coming up six feet further to go. And I'll meet them in the clouds, then we'll go on and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's how the day of your death can be better than the day of your birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. And so it is better for us to be in this place of mourning than it is to go to a house of feasting. I certainly, for myself, I would prefer the house of feasting. After the memorial service, they will give us a meal there at the church. It'll be a time of uh, friendship, time of fellowship, time the family can get together. Others will be able to stay and uh, we can converse and see people we haven't seen for many, many years. As always takes place at a funeral or a memorial service. And uh, yet that feasting does not compare uh, to the benefit that we'll find in the house of mourning. That place of mourning will cause us to search out ourselves and examine ourselves. And we can inwardly look and reflect on these things and look at the life that we've lived. And the imminence of death will cause you to think about things you've never thought about before. Now, watching a loved one suffer in death, and Lord willing, today I'll be preaching on the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection, those things that uh, Bill McEwen dealt with in the end of his life, and yet uh, understanding of the holy and understanding of the word of God and clinging to that precious King James Bible and how we thank God for that. But he said it's for the end of all men. And so it's better for us to go to the house of mourning because we're all heading that way. That is the place that every one of us is heading, and you're not going to escape that. You're not going to get away from that. It is better for you to be there in tears and in sorrow and in grief than it is at the house of feasting. For he said, this is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. And it's interesting, he said that they will lay it to his heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. That's a place that you can dwell. It's a place that you can ponder, a place that you can live. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. Why? Because it's going to be your end. We're all heading there from the young to the old. We're all heading to that place where we too are going to be laid out in front of the church, laid in a coffin. Or our body's going to be donated, or our body's going to be burned, or our body's going to be missing, whatever the case might be. Might be in the depths of the ocean somewhere, but we're all heading that way, and what's done in this life is then finished. And that life is a vapor, and we'll find out how much our life is a vapor when you get down to the end of life. Uh, God had given Bill 74 years of life. He wasn't uh, to have a life expectancy of more than 55 years because of uh, the brain aneurysm he'd suffered and subsequent surgery and seizure disorder and several strokes he'd had many years ago. 
And God continued to give him life, and God continued to give him strength, and God continued to let him be glorified. And I'll speak today at the funeral of the many times I'd stop in and he'd be down there reading his Bible. Or I'd call sometimes in the morning, it'd be a little bit too early, and he'd answer the phone and just tell me, I'm just reading my Bible, and he'd be there, and I'd uh, go in sometimes softly and quietly, even in the afternoon, and I'd see his lips moving as he had his head bowed in prayer, and we'd be praying for people, and praying for his loved ones, and praying for the church, and and uh, what a joy that is to know that. What a joy to know that uh, those are those that pray for us, and those that are seeking God's face, and those desirous of the things of God. Not outwardly, these were secret things, these are hidden things, this wasn't the show. This wasn't the show of the flesh. But see, the wise man's heart is in that house of mourning. The wise man's heart is in that place of mourning, knowing it could be us. I recently read an obituary of a man who was 26 years old. It simply said he died of natural causes. And I don't know what that means. It most likely means a heart attack or a stroke, just 26 years old. I've attended funerals of those under the age of 30 years old that died of a heart attack. Not suicide, not overdose, and those are horrible enough, but they've died naturally of a heart attack. I read recently of a young lady who was 32 years old, died of a heart attack. I read of a young lady who was a college basketball player, and she was, I think, 19 years old, and they found her in the autopsy, and the first thing they found was a cough drop lodged in her throat, and she died and choked to death in the middle of the night. What a tragedy. What an awful thing for that family. But what a joyous thing when that person has made their peace with God and have the peace of God that passeth all understanding, has been gloriously born of God. What a joy that is and what a privilege that is to know that you're secured in Christ. That's why the day of your death is certainly better than the day of your birth. Because to be absent from the body, you'll be with Jesus Christ. You'll be with him forever, he tells us. And what a joy that brings to my heart to know, even though I'd leave a family if I died today, even if I left, it would leave my children behind, and I would be leaving a wife, and I'd be leaving a ch- children behind, and I wouldn't be able to raise them. That brings a sorrow to me. That brings tears to my eyes to think of my children without having a father, but I would be in the joy of Jesus Christ. I'd be in the light of his glorious countenance, and forever I'd be changed, and what a joy that would be for me. That's why we sorrow not as others which have no hope. When we go down to the graveyard of the saints of God, and we look around, we're on resurrection ground. Uh, we know that place is coming alive one day. When you go to the church house and you see that saint of God laying there, even as that body lies there, we know that uh, that body no longer has that person in it. We know it is the shell. It is that locust skin on the tree. But what we also know is not only is that body laying there, but they're in that great cloud of witnesses looking down, watching, witnessing what's going on. They've joined that great cloud of witnesses. And knowing that, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's the promise of God. So take this to heart. Go to the house of mourning. But he said the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. And oh, what a challenge that is. He told the house of feasting. But then he said the fools go to the house of mirth. It's all pleasure. That's where America is. That's where this nation is. It's in the house of mirth. What is mirth? Sports, drinking, partying, concerts, Broadway plays, lifestyle, that late night life and everything is happy-go-lucky and everything is is upbeat. But you realize that when cancer comes, it slams the door on mirth. And when heart failure comes, it slams the door on mirth. When aneurysms and strokes come, it slams the door on mirth. 
When you get that cancer word from the doctor, all the mirth ceases. All of that's gone. All of that's finished. There's no more hope. You go, oh my goodness, my life as I know it is over. And if you've given yourself to mirth, it's troubling. It's devastating. That's why so many people were for assisted suicide. They want assistance with it. They can't cope. They can't deal with it. Why their whole life was given to mirth. Their whole life was given to pleasure. Their whole life was given to entertainment. And they can't cope with death because everything was about entertainment and everything was about the, the affairs of life and the lust of the flesh. And now the reality of life sets in that death is knocking at the door and they cannot handle it. They cannot cope with it. They say, give me pills. Give me gas. Take me out of this world. And they don't want to cope with death. And what an awful tragedy that is. And glory be to God, the saints of God can die in peace. And we're in a generation that's given themselves to mirth. They've given themselves to pleasure. And my friend, that's no way to die. That's no place to die. It's better to go to the house of mourning. It's better to be in that place of mourning than going down there with your entertainment and your, your false joy and your false happiness. You realize this is coming to all of us. This is coming to every one of us. People say, oh, when I retire, and oh, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. When I retire, and they have their plans, and you realize I've had people like that that never made it to retirement. I've heard that they've never even come close to retirement. They've never gotten close to Social Security age. They've never gotten close to the place where they could just quit work and go travel the world and get an RV and travel the country and and, and live like they want to live and live like they plan. And all these people plan and they say, we've got to save up a million dollars. They tell you now $1.2 million you have to have in savings to really thrive in retirement and really be able to maybe get a little condo in West Palm Beach or maybe get a little cottage in Fort Lauderdale and live in the sun and go fishing and lay on the beach and, and spend your days golfing. And, and yet there are many, many that accomplish that. There are so many that make that their life. There are so many that lived in that place. And then they finally go in assisted living. They go in the retirement home and eventually they work their way into the nursing home. But the thing is, even if they're in their 90s, even if they're 100 years old, they still die and they still got to face God where they wasted life. They got to face God with a life that amounted to absolutely nothing. Whether old or whether young, you got to face God. It doesn't matter. You got to go. And the paydays are coming and judgment days are coming. And yet so many are ill prepared to meet God. That's why Amos said, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Oh, we're not prepared to meet God. We're not prepared to look in his face. We're not prepared to see him. Why? Because we've given ourselves to mirth. We've given ourselves to entertainment. We've given ourselves to prosperity and wealth. What shall it profit a man who shall gain the whole world but lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So many have bartered on that table. So many have bartered that marketplace. And they've given their soul for a little bit more money and a little bit more entertainment and then death comes, and it was all in vain. It was all worthless. He said it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Oh, how much better rebuke is for us. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. And all oh, the laughter of a fool, how it crackles and how it snaps and how it hisses. But it's all vanity. You see, that fool that said in his heart, there is no God. I'll eat, drink. I'll be merry. I'll make life. I'll have mirth. I'll have joy. I'll have prosperity. I'll have wealth. The rich die young and old alike. The rich go to the nursing home young and old alike. The difference between the poor and the rich is they get better nursing facilities. 
They get better doctor's care, but their life's still in God's hands. And when God says it's your time to go, it's your time to go. When your days are numbered, your days are numbered. And we don't want to think about that. We don't want to talk about that. But today, as we go to the funeral, I'm going to address that with family, with friends. What is it going to profit you if you live longer? What profit are you going to be if your life is extended? I look at my own life and reflect on my own life, and I like to think that I'm a good dad or a good husband or a good preacher or a good evangelist or a good neighbor, all these things, thinking more highly of myself than I ought. And I realize that and when my life is over a year from now, there might be a few people that miss me, but my name will just pretty much drift away. My name will fly away like the dust. My name will go off like that vapor into the heavens and someone else will come along and they'll be a good father and they'll be a good husband and they'll be a good evangelist and they'll be a good neighbor and they might even be a good preacher and yet they also are going to depart and their name again is going to go away as the, and the cycle goes on, the cycle goes on. But what most, what's the most important thing? That you and I, when we go to the house of mourning, we take it to heart. We look down in that coffin and we realize this could be me. This could be the end of my life. So I sat there Tuesday and I looked down at my stepfather later in the evening before the nurse came, before the medical van came. And I looked at him laying there and uh, very awful, very just, just horrific in his appearance. But as I touched his face and touched his hair and I realized there's no life in that body. Everything he had in this life was now finished. Everything he tried to accomplish was done. As a father, he was done. As a husband, he was done. As a grandfather, he was done. All the things in life he'd worked for, he had accomplished, were finished. It was over. There was nothing new. The only thing that mattered at that point in time was that relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet how greatly that matters. How much more important is that relationship with him than anything else in this world. These are just my thoughts on death, having been through what we've been through this week. I pray it's a help. I pray it's a strength to you. Those of you that have gone through it recently, you'll know, you understand. Let yourself be in the house of mourning and take these things to heart. Would you have a great weekend? Pray for us today, I pray. Pray that God will just have his will and his way in this memorial service as we honor William Jacob McEwen III and the life that he had with my family. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal. 
child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. 